But anyway, beautiful uh, teenage daughter uh, is here, and so we're glad to have her. Well, different uh, language, different country, but thank God, the same God. And uh, so I want you to give a good home church welcome Amen. to Pastor Boyka. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Tim, he has a little gift that oh, he wants okay. to present to you. <coughs> I'm glad to greet you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In Ukraine, we have this tradition. When we go as guests, we go with gifts. Pastor Tim, yes. I want so that you remember us. Oh, look at that. Это была молитва о вас, so that this would remind you to pray. Yes. И Pastor Tim, самая главная заповедь вспоминать страдания Иисуса Христа, когда вы будете Christ. I really enjoyed him being there. You know, our hearts together in heaven, it doesn't matter how many years. You know, we're all in heaven, we're going to remember us, each other, when we were 16, 17 years old. That's how we're going to remember each other. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, please tell me, who has ever been to Ukraine? Who has been to Ukraine? Oh, 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 yes. Yes. Uh -huh. A few, a few over here. Oh, this <laughs> They're not relatives at all. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I'm very thankful to the Lord who loves us all. He doesn't look at our faces. He doesn't, he doesn't see the language that we speak. He doesn't see how many wrinkles we have, how old we are. He sees our heart. And we're very valuable, we're very special to him. And your to me is so, so And you have given me and our church a big blessing. You have given us missionaries, Joel and Lorianne. Please stand, Lorianne. Thank you for these people. They're God's people. They do everything very well. They love the Lord. They love our people, our children. And when we've done camps together, they, when we went to his home village, they wouldn't let go of Joel and Lorianne. They cried on the last day, stay with us, stay with us, stay with us. They, because they gave them love. And God gives us that love. 
Я вас полюбил, хотя вижу многих первый раз. Even though it's the first time I've seen many of you, I just have this love for you. Очень приятно. So special to be with you. Очень приятно. Я вспоминаю годы, когда I remember years ago человеческих душ when the the enemy of 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 our spirit was against people. When when we grew up in the Soviet Union. Он пугал нас Америкой, что Америка нападёт на СССР. He frightened us with America, saying that America was going to attack us. И мы бежали все в подвалы, прятались basements of our different buildings we hit ourselves during the uh, during the alarms during the uh, signals that there would be a that there would be a war the war was coming war was coming that's what the enemy did that's what satan did he hasn't changed he still is working today but christ has gained the victory over him and we have love because jesus christ has given us that love for one another maybe there will be time when i can answer questions more about my life in, in the Soviet Union. But I can say along with the Apostle Paul, blessed is the one who has given us the victory. Blessed be the one who has given us the victory, Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. That's the victory that Christ has given us. Our country today believes in God. Thousands and thousands of people have come to the Lord. And we are happy in serving those people. Someone said this. After the first coming of Christ when he was here on earth, when he went back to heaven, and when he comes back, when he comes back again, that's a very short period of time. That's the time of the church. So that we as a church can serve people and bring them to the Lord. This morning I want to preach on the most important thing we have together. The, the most important, the most, the most special thing we have in this world. All of us love something valuable, something, uh, something important, something uh, uh, rich. But as, as believers, we as believers understand that those, those, those rich things in life, those important things in life, they're not much to us anymore. But there's something important, there's something special that each and every person we know in this world there are many, many special things. There are many uh, rich things. Maybe it's diamonds. Maybe it's precious stones. People sell all that they have to, to uh, purchase those 
those precious gems. There's gold, there's silver. There's, there's metals that are thousands of times more expensive than gold. There's expensive, expensive uh, uh, companies. There's, there's riches. There's Apple, General Motors, Samsung. They, they they, they, they are worth billions and billions of dollars. But Jesus said, what is it worth a man if he has the whole world and yet loses his soul? There's no use but there is something there is something so valuable in this world the most, the most valuable it's what we have here it's the church of Jesus Christ this is the most valuable this is the most special do you know why? Because the most expensive, the most, the richest price was paid for Дороже this church. There is nothing more expensive than Мы the body of Christ. We are here in the most expensive place as a church. Christ Сына paid Божия, a price. The Христа. Son of God, Jesus Christ, paid this price. And we need to think more about and this. And we need to thank the Lord more and more for the value that He's ничто. given. In this world, there is nothing. Satan, we're not valuable to the world, we're not valuable to Satan. He doesn't care. And yet, for, to, Jesus, to Jesus Christ, Apostle we are so Paul In Ephesians 5.25, Apostle Paul says this, Ephesians, Ephesians 5.25, it says, uh, For Christ also loved the church, the second half, as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Gave himself for it for us. Why did he give himself? Because he loved He loved his church. And God himself gave his most valuable. He gave his only son. The church is so valuable And I want to make this important this morning that we would think and remember that we are valuable to the, God, to the Lord. We are very valuable. He loves us so much. We think sometimes that we're nothing. No one knows us. No one notices us. No one sees us. I think we all love those times when someone says to us, I love you. Do you remember those times maybe when you were married or your, your father or mother said, I, I love you or you were, you were dating those, those years when you were dating and your, and your loved one said, I love you. How it touched our heart when we heard those words, I love you. 
Но Бог каждый день but каждому человеку говорит каждый says, день я тебя люблю любовью вечно я тебя возлюблю друзья не забывайте об этом не забывайте Бог любит нас мы знаем этот прекрасный стих ибо так возлюбил Бог мир Иоанна 3:16 John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that all the world would not perish but have eternal life. God loves all people, everyone, believers and unbelievers. There was a time when I thought that God only loved believers. Но когда начал читать Библию, я понял, reading, очень много мест прекрасных, которые so говорят Он посылает дождь на праведных Он любит всех людей. Он больше любит неверующих, чем верующих. Он хочет, чтобы они были спасены. Один человек мне однажды сказал, директор большой фирмы, он сказал, как это Бог терпит этих бомжей, этих пьяниц, наркоманов, почему он их не уничтожит? Я так думаю, Господи, что ему сказать? И Господь говорит, а ты спроси, как он любит своих двух сыновей. Один нормальный закончил университет, хорошую работу, а другой не вылазит из тюрьмы. And the second, the second говорю, of his sons He said, I told him, we've been created in the image of God. Скажите, а вы любите какого больше своего сына? I asked him, which son do you love more? The one who has a good life, the one who has a, a family, a job? Или вы больше любите того, который из И он заплакал. И он сказал, я люблю больше этого несчастного. Бог любит всех людей. Они просто не понимают, что они несчастны без Бога. Слава Богу за его любовь. Братья и сестры, я хочу вот теперь спросить, есть ли любовь Божья к людям такая великая? Такая То какая же любовь должна быть со стороны человека теперь к Богу? Может ли быть любовь, когда один любит, а другой не любит? Нет. No. Любви не будет. No, there isn't Любовь, that love. она взаимная. Love is returned. Love Бог is always хочет, returned. чтобы человек увидел его любовь. God wants so that others и начал любить Бога. И тогда будет гармония. And then there's that harmony. И тогда будет прекрасная вот эта жизнь then в Боге. there's that beautiful life with God. Мы можем сказать, Боже, я люблю тебя. You know, we can say to God, I love you. Но Бог хочет, чтобы мы не только говорили пустые слова. God wants us to not only say empty words. сегодня я хочу обратить наше внимание, чтобы посмотрели, посмотрели, какая наша любовь к Богу. How our love should be 
toward God. Everyone, everyone knows right now how much love they have to God. But we're going to look again at the love that we should have toward God. The first characteristic that a Christian should have, do I love God? Do I love God? Иисус Христос говорит, Иоанна 14, 15. In John uh, 14, 15, 15, in John 14, 15, если вы любите меня, то мои заповеди исполняйте. Keep my commandments. И вот я думаю, что вот первая вот такая хорошая характеристика верующего, если мы любим Бога, characteristic that every Christian should have, if we love Him, then we should be fulfilling His commandments. Christ said, if you love me, then do what I say. My commandments are not difficult. The first, the greatest commandment is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all your mind and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, now we have to start thinking. I love God, but do I love those close to me? Do I love my neighbor? But God wants that our love for him is not just empty words, but is loving one another just as Christ loved us. The church that fulfills that command, it grows. We say, God, don't you see how I love my brother, my, my neighbor? God, I love you. And he gives us more love. He gives us more love. A church that lives in that kind of love together. Loving church, loving ministry. That's a church that has the heart of God. God is pleased with that church. Знаете, какая самая сильная евангелизация? You know what the most, the most, the, the, the strongest, когда, the когда most influential пришла, evangelization is. Когда пришла свобода в 88 you know, in 88 and 89 when, uh, when freedom came to the Soviet Union, thousands and thousands of people gathered in the stadiums around Ukraine and heard about God. After that atheistic battle during the Soviet Union, people were so hungry, spiritually hungry. They ran to get the Bibles that were handed out. They ran to get those New Testaments. And they, they, they just fed that hunger that they had. You know, people today, sadly, they're not flocking to the stadium. Every home in Ukraine has a New Testament, has a Bible. But God wants us to continue to evangelize. And the, biggest, the, the biggest evangelization that we can do, the biggest outreach, is that love one with another. Jesus said, you, they will know you by your love for one another. The, the church is like a lamp, is like a candle. Joel knows the village church in Katujanka. It's not a big church, but it's a, it's a nice church in the village. 
не просто я тебя люблю, а практическая When, when spring comes, they, they help in the gardens around the village mm-hmm. to the, the different members and the neighbors of the members in the church. And in, in, in a few weeks they come and, 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 and pick the weeds. In the, in the fall they come and help gather the, the harvest. And the unbelievers in that village watch and come to them. And they say, why aren't you coming to me? Why don't you come and help me? They see how a church is, is joined together. And many have come to the church because of that testimony of love that they have. That practical love we have shows Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't say, I love you and then just leave. But he showed his love. He showed his love. Слава Богу. Praise the Lord. The second, that Jesus wants to see in his church, the church that he bought, with his precious blood, the second sign of our love for the Lord, is when we fulfill, when we fulfill his, his commission. Марка 16 глава 15:16. In Mark 15. Можешь прочитать. In Mark 15. 16. 15:16. In Mark 15:16. He said Jesus. Mark 15:16. Ah, Mark, excuse me, Mark 16:15 and 16. We see, and he said to them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Jesus loves the church. Christ loves the church that fulfills his commission. God loves your church because you have practically shown sending your people to Ukraine They're serving, serving our people, our children. That is so important. That is such a so, an important characteristic of God, of, of them fulfilling God's love, showing God's love to others when they do His commission. God wants us to love. God wants us to serve others. You know, that joy that we have when we invite someone to church and we see that they come and they repent and they're saved. who's, Who's experienced that? Inviting someone and then seeing them saved. Pastor Tim went through that even yesterday. The joy that he had when someone someone asks a question and he tells them the gospel and he's able to pray with them right there. I remember when I was working in the factory. I worked in a in an aviation factory. I made. I, I, we worked on the largest the largest cargo planes in the world. And I invited one of my co-workers to Easter service. He came to church, he was there in the morning service. I took him home, 
afterwards. I asked, did you enjoy it? He said, I very much enjoyed it. I want to be there tonight during the service. I brought him there. I brought him back in the evening. And in the evening, he came to the front and he repented. And the joy that I had because I saw him come. And to God, God is so pleased when we fulfill his great commission. I would love for all of you, all of you, to experience that feeling of joy leading someone to Christ. It's a joy that isn't fulfilled in any other way. That's our love to the Lord. The third characteristic that Jesus Christ loves is in John 15, 15.5. John 15.5. It says, mm-hmm. in the second half of the verse, for without me, the second half of John 15.5, for without me, you can do nothing. What does that mean? Without me, you can do nothing. God wants His people, His to have that prayer life, that needing prayer life. Prayer is our, is our power. Prayer is our conversation with God. Prayer is when we say, God, everything is in your hands. Everything depends on you. But when we stop praying, but many times we, we stop praying and, we, and, and it's like we turn and we say to God, yes, I gave it all to you, but now it all depends on me. Я вот эту молитву поясняю так, что молитва это маленький мальчик ходил с своими родителями И они уже полгода молятся за одну семью многодетную. Help them, help them. And the boy went with them again one day, and again they were praying for this family. He left, he got up, he left, he went back home. He, he put all of his, 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 his the food, the vegetables, his clothes, and he dragged them over to this family's house. And he came back to the prayer meeting and said, he said, now your prayers have been answered. This little boy. Prayer is what we can do. But God can do so much more. God loves when his church prays. God loves when his church prays. God is pleased. God loves when his people have a special place in their home for prayer. When a family, when a husband and wife pray together, when, when children and parents pray together. You remember what prayer did in the life of Daniel. You remember what it did. The, the king that made the order that no one could pray, no one could ask request of anyone else except for the king. 
But Daniel continued to pray to God. And even though they threw him into the den of lions, the king understood that he had made a mistake. He went and he saw that David was alive, or Daniel was alive. He said, because of your prayers, Daniel, the, 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 the order has been reversed. And he told all the people, Bow and pray only to the God of Daniel. He is the only one able to save. He is the only one. Because of the prayers of Daniel, so many of those people were, were brought to the Lord. God loves when his church prays. He loves when his Christians pray. The fourth. God loves when his church is in his word. Because this is God's revelation to us. This is the final word. The Bible says that the one who adds to it or takes away from it, that God will curse that person. But God wants us to dwell in His Word. The Son of God was in the desert, was tempted of the devil. Jesus overcame the temptation. He said, it's written, it's written, it's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The church that loves God loves His word. It loves His letter. When I was in the army, I loved to read the, the letters that came from my mother and my grandmother. I would read them 100 times. And they gave me the strength to continue on in my, in my, uh, in my uh, army because it Because those were the words straight from my mother, straight from my grandmother. These are the words to each one of us. Love this word. And you will be loved of God. And the fifth very important characteristic. God loves the church. That, what? That is waiting for his return. That is waiting for his return. He's coming again. He's coming again. And he's, and, he's, and he's wanting us to, want, to wait for his turn. Those, you, brides, you remember, those that will be brides, do you remember how you waited? You waited for the phone call from your fiancé. You remember how you waited for him to come to your house? That, that, that relationship that you had. Just the same. The Lord wants us to wait for his return. Satan is doing all he can to, to keep the church from, being, from, from looking for his return. He, the, the troubles, the, the, the problems that he sends to people so that they're not thinking about that. But Jesus said, I am coming. I am coming back. When Jesus ascended, when Jesus ascended, 
in, in uh, Acts 1, when Acts 1, 9, mm-hmm. 1, uh, 11. The angel said, which, uh, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in the like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. May God bless us as we are a church that looks for his return. Let not your heart be troubled. Those that believe in me I am going, I am going to make a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again. He's coming again. He's taking us from this sinful world. Let's be a a church that loves the Lord. He loved us. He gave his only son. To him be all glory and praise. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Let's pray. Господи Боже наш, God, Lord, благодарим за твою любовь, Боже, которую ты доказал на деле в Иисусе Христе. Ты заплатил за наше спасение. Ты победил смерть и ад. Ты мы проверили нашу любовь Lord, к тебе, may we check our own чтобы may наша we любовь our love к тебе была взаимная, чтобы молятся, которые исполняют Слово Твое Святое, которые исполняют Твое великое поручение, которые ожидают Твоего возвращения. Благослови каждого брата и каждую сестру. Благослови эту прекрасную церковь. Благослови пастырей. Пастыря Тима. Пастыря Луку. Пастыря Джона. Благослови, Господи, и нашу церковь в Украине. Дай быть церковью, которая тебя любит и тебе служит. Во имя Иисуса Христа. Аминь. I usually don't tell them up front that I'm a pastor. On one particular day, I had golfed a few holes with the guy, maybe almost an hour. And then it came out that I was a pastor, and he said, I knew that you were a holy man. (laughs) I thought that was an interesting comment. I said, a holy man? I said, how'd you know that? Now, the funny thing is I had not mentioned Jesus or God. In no way, shape, or form had I given any indication that I was a believer. Just there. He said, I don't know what it was, but he said, maybe because you didn't cuss, I don't know what it was. But he said, I just knew you were a holy man. It's a funny thing about uh, 
I don't know, it's like an ability, I don't know what it is, maybe just a, a gift, <laughs> uh, a way that I, it is uh, unique to me how I can talk with someone for sometimes not even uh, 60 seconds, but typically if I talk to someone two or three minutes, I can almost tell like 90% of the time if they're born again. I don't know what it is. I mean, I just, I mean, it only takes seconds. I just can tell. I know there's a Holy Spirit thing. The Bible says in the book of Romans that my spirit bears witness with their spirit. Sometimes you just don't bear witness. I mean, it's just like the Holy Spirit's inside to tell, tell me this person is lost. <laughs> they are lost. But other times it's just, it comes out, and they don't even know it. They don't even realize that their speech is tipping off, that they're lost. Now, why would that be? Because, as it says in the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's on the inside comes outside. It's just as simple as that. Now, I happen to love roasted garlic. Um, I discovered it one time over in Monterey that these little garlic pods that they roasted with olive oil in them, and I mean, they're just delicious. We were at a restaurant, and you could put all things on your little dish, you know, all the different noodles and meats, and then they had roasted garlic. I saw that roasted garlic. I said, oh my goodness, I'm going to just pile it on. And boy, I mean, I just loaded up that dish. They cooked it up, and I ate it. A few hours later, I walked into the bedroom. My wife said, oh my goodness, honey, you stink. <laughs> I mean, it was coming out of my pores. It just, I stunk. And folks, when you are lost, you stink. It is worse than roast garlic. It just comes out of your pores. And the same thing is true when you're born again. When you're born again, it just oozes out of you. You can't, you can't talk for very long until Christ comes out. We're talking this morning about the, the power of a changed life, a changed tongue. Now, unbelievers talk, and they have patterns of speech. For example, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, and verse 28, it says, The mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Evil things come out. It speaks of lust, Proverbs 5 and verse 3, for the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb, her mouth is smoother than oil, an unsaved has a mouth of deceit, Jeremiah 9, 8, their tongue is an arrow shot out, it speaketh deceit. In Psalms 10 and verse 7, it speaks curses, in Psalm 12 and verse 22, it speaks lies, in Proverbs 11 and verse 11, it speaks destruction, a tongue destroys can destroy a marriage. It can destroy a home. It can destroy a church. Alcohol and drugs and those kind of things have destroyed churches, but nothing like a tongue to destroy. Uh, the fact is, when we're lost, when we're unbelievers, we, it comes out, and our most likely comes out in our tongue our words, our speech. A few weeks ago, we began a new series called Taming the Tongue. And uh, 
I know that several have made uh, comments and feedback. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I know this is probably the most convicting message series that we've all looked at because there's none of us that have this one all together. Now, in Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 all the way to verse 7, we're going to be talking about the four elements related to the speech of a Christian lifestyle. But today, in just a few moments that I have left, we're going to talk about just point number one, and that is it is characterized by confession, verse number two. Let's all read uh, Colossians chapter four and verse two, if you would, please. Ready? Let's read it out loud together. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Now, the book of Colossians is about Christ. You could just give it a theme. Christ is all I need. When you have Christ, He's all I need. But He changes me. And in the book of Colossians, it changes our marriage. It changes how we work. It changes a lot of things. And certainly, when we're a new person in Christ, it changes our words. It changes our confession. Here in this verse, it says, continue in prayer. Confession. Confessing to God and meeting with God and connecting with God. The first thing that our mouth ought to be used for is to pray. So often we think about the things we're not supposed to do with our tongue. But the things we're supposed to do with our tongue, number one, is to pray. Prayer is the most important speech a believer's mouth will ever utter. What is prayer? Prayer is the soul's sincere desire. The motion of a hidden fire that trembles in the breast. Prayer is the burden of a sigh, the upward glancing of an eye when none but God is near. Prayer is the simplest form of speech that infants' lips can try. Prayer the sublimest strains that reach the majesty on high. Prayer is the Christian's vital breath that natives, the uh, Christian's native air. His watchword at the gates of death, he enters heaven with prayer. God says we ought to pray. Here, we ought to pray from the heart. But we also ought to use our lips for prayer. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 10 and verse 10, For with the heart man believes, true, unto righteousness, but confession of our mouth proves our salvation. David in Psalm 71 and verse 8, Let my mouth be filled with thy praise. Psalm 34 and verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We often talk about the heart that needs to be full of praise, but the mouth needs to be full of praise. And that's what this verse says. It says, continue in prayer. And that's the issue. We don't stay at it. Continue. Don't stop. I'm not getting answers to prayer, but don't stop. Continue. When you see answers to prayer, continue. When you don't see answers to prayer, continue using our mouth in prayer. You'd say, well, pastor, I just can't go around praying all the time. I mean, that's going to sound strange, me always mumbling to myself. People are going to want to put me in the behavioral health. The fact is, however, that's not what this verse is saying. I, I would agree with you. That would be a little strange to be always mumbling some kind of little words or some little phrase. The fact is, it's just reminding us that we ought to always be praying in the sense of having a God consciousness. When we see something bad happen, rather than just go, oh, isn't that terrible? Let's pray. When we see something good happen, rather than just saying, that's wonderful, praise God for how good that is, but to have a God consciousness with our mouth. Notice what it says. It says that we ought to continue in prayer. Keep at it. Keep using your mouth for prayer. 
Then notice the next part of that verse. It says, watch in the same. You'd say, well, watch? What does that mean? Well, it means, first of all, stay praying. Don't fall asleep. Watch. When you watch the night, uh, when you, you know, uh, make sure that you don't fall asleep. That's what it's saying. Stay awake. I think that's certainly what it means. You remember Christ came to His disciples on the night of His betrayal, and He said, could you not even watch with me for one hour? Watch. Now, many, uh, in fact, <laughs> we, uh, we, it got so bad in Bible college, uh, many of us worked uh, six, seven, eight hours, plus college that day, plus uh, ministry, plus homework, plus writing paper sermons. I mean, it was just berserk. No human ought to do something like that, I'm sure. But uh, it was really hard to have a personal prayer time. In fact, it got so bad, we used to have a little code. And uh, being theologians and being pastors, uh, young pastors-to-be, missionaries, uh, we uh, would say, when we were ready to go to sleep, we would say, I need to go pray for America. And uh, when we would pray for America, that was code for, I'm going to go sleep. And uh, the fact is, folks, we need to not, uh, praying for America doesn't mean we ought to go to sleep. It means we ought to wake up and pray. Could you not wait and watch with me? But I think there's a broader thought than just staying awake. By the way, I think that's one reason why we ought to use our lips, because it's pretty hard to fall asleep while you're talking. Use our mouth for praise and for prayer. First Peter 4 and verse 7, however, I think expands this concept of watching when it says, watch under prayer. That means get specific, get focused, get into your prayers and put energy and thought and, and uh, you know, like a coach would say to his team, stay focused. Come on, focus, guys, focus, focus. That's what it's saying here, focus. I want you to focus on this thing. Now, get on this thing and get specific in your prayers. Many of us who are believers, we are excited the fact that we're walking in Christ, walking in the light. But that light is so broad, it's not powerful. You know, we go outside this morning and we'll walk in the sun and we'll feel the warmth and we'll be grateful for it. We're walking in the light. But you know, that sun has amazing power if we would focus it. When I was a child, we used to take a little magnifying glass and uh, we used to persecute ants and bugs and things like that. We'd take that little magnifying glass, you know, and burn holes and things. And I mean, especially glad that when we could, you know, make those little ants snap, you know, focused power. You take the sun and it's just warming, but when you take a magnifying glass, it focuses that power. That's what prayer does. We walk in the light, that's good, but focus that prayer. What would happen if we began to say, God, I want you to do this specifically? That's what the kind of way we ought to use our lips specifically for something good. I heard of one man who had a heart for prayer like no other's. He kept a journal. Some people keep journals. But this man kept bound journals of answered prayer. You could go to his uh, study, and on the shelf, he had 17 journals listed, one, two, three. And here's what he would do. He would go up to some 
friend of his and a brother or sister in Christ, someone in the church, he would say, uh, would you give me two specific prayers that I could pray for? They would say, well, okay. And uh, he would open up his book, and while they were talking, he'd write it down. That was on one side of the page. He had a little T-chart. On the other side, it, request, answer. He'd come back to that person in a week or two weeks or a month. He would say, you know, a month ago, you asked me to pray for this and this. He said, did God answer that? And if he did, when did he answer that? And how did he answer that? He'd scribble in very quickly and uh, just kind of a brief little summary of the time and the date. And he had books of answered prayer just on his shelf, just like that. He watched in prayer. He got serious about the prayer. He got into that point where he said, you know, God is a prayer answering God. How should we, what's the first thing that we should do with our lips? We should make it a mouthful of prayer. One final thing about that verse, notice what it says, we ought to continue in prayer. We ought to watch in the same. And then the last part says, with thanksgiving. We ought to pray with thanksgiving. That just means a heart of faith that God is going to answer this prayer. I know, God, you're going to answer this prayer. Many people pray without that kind of a heart of faith. But look what this verse says in 2 Corinthians verse four, chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. We always win when we pray. That's what that means. We always win when we give God the glory. You can't lose in prayer because even if we don't get exactly what we ask for and when we ask for it, but God will give us that which He deems is best for us, and we certainly get the victory. I've never prayed where God didn't give the victory. Somehow, some way, God always gets victory, and that's what God is saying here. Pray with thanksgiving. God, I thank you that you are going to do something great here. I thank you that you're going to answer this prayer. I thank you that you're going to give the victory. I thank you and praise you for the victory. And so we thank God at the very time of the time we're praying. A person with a new mouth is a Christian, a Christian who has a new faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and a faith in God. He has a new language. And what is that language? It is number one, the language of prayer. That's why God saves me. That's why God saves my mouth and gives me a new tongue. So number one, I will use it for prayer. And it ought to be a prayer of thanksgiving. Out of everything, say, oh, Lord, I just thank you. When we say, God, I thank you, we are getting the victory. As it says here, he always causes us to triumph. There was one great Scottish minister by the name of Alexander White. Those of you who like to read old books may get a book by Alexander White, a tremendous old theologian. But he was known for something very unique in his ministry. He was known for his praying. But not only known for his praying, he was known for his pulpit prayers. And not only known for his pulpit prayers, but he was known for being the most uplifting prayer. I mean, people would go just to listen to him pray in the pulpit. And he prayed with this, this wonderful, positive sense of God giving the victory. Somehow, some way, he always found something to be grateful to. Well, there was one particular Sunday there in Scotland where the weather was absolutely terrible, which in most parts of Scotland is often. 
But this particular Sunday was just absolutely terrible. Everybody couldn't stand the weather. They'd open the door to the church and come walking in. The wind would blow. I mean, it was terrible. One church member leaned over to the other and said, well, I'll tell you one thing. Certainly preacher won't think of anything to thank the Lord for on a day like this. But much to his surprise, Pastor White got up in the pulpit and began to pray. I thank you, oh God, that it's not always a day like this one. <laughs> Praise Him. What's the best thing that I should do with my mouth? Just use it to pray to the Lord. 